Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Kufyu Dalad. Today's shir Ilunishmas Ben Sion Ben Zeev Avram Alevi and Nachum Ben Pinchas. May the Neshamas have an aliyah. And today's, I'm going to go from the sixth last line of Kufyud Gimel Amud Beis 113b. Um, we're going to do a last few lines of advice by the Baal Sages. And then we're going to go back into discussing the night of Pesach. Remember, that's how we started off this peric, that you must, what, what time can't you eat on Erev Pesach from? And then we moved on to uh, that you must have wine, everyone must have enough wine for four cups, etc. So we'll carry on from where we left off in the Haggadah. So, Omar Abba, but just uh, yeah, before we get there, so, sorry, seventh last line, Omar Abba Barachana, Omar Bishmu Barmarta, Omar Rav Mishum Rabbi Yoisi Ishutzel. Rabbi Bar Barchana said the name of Rishmu Bar Marta in the name of Rab in the name of Rabbi Yoisi from Hutzal. How do we know that you're not allowed to consult stargazers or astrologers? So Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, You must be wholesome or follow Hashem. They generally translate follow Hashem simply. Tom, uh, tam is often translated as simply, but I think it, more, it doesn't mean simply as in silly, simply as in wholesome. Um, I not, not complex that your heart wants to go serve Hashem and your brain wants to go uh, learn uh, something else and your stomach wants to go to lunch. Serve Hashem simply, I that your, your whole body, your whole being follows Hashem. But in this, that's I think would be how I would generally explain the Pasuk. But here the Rasham says, Leos Patech, boy, that you trust in Hashem, but call Koiros Venoilados, Habois Lecho, in every happening and events that are going to come about. Oh, you don't need to worry about the future. The future is up to Hashem. Hashem is the one who knows the ultimate truth of the future. And even if there are these stargazers and stuff who can tell you the future, don't, uh, don't live your life by trying to seek out the future. Follow Hashem. And Hashem will guard it, and uh, you can trust in Him what, that the future will bring what it brings. I mean, I, um, you know, there's an interesting uh, discussion. The, the Rambam, we know the Rambam has his famous Sefer Mitzvahs where he lists all the 613 mitzvahs based on his certain principles. This mitzvah, this positive commandment of Tomim Tiem Hashem Elokecho, you should not follow, um, you should follow Hashem wholeheartedly. Follow Hashem simply is not one of the mitzvahs. Why not? So I think that the simplest answer is when they brought this. If you read this pasuk, Tomim Tiem Hashem it's not a specific mitzvah against asking, against uh, consulting uh, astrologers, etc., and future tellers. It's a general mitzvah in a lifestyle approach. The Rambam in his list of 613 mitzvahs generally does not include general. Um, guidelines, general mitzvahs. It's more when it's a specific mitzvah. So that's why the Ramban would not include it. But interestingly enough, the Ramban, who argues on the Rambam over certain mitzvahs, adds this as one of his of the mitzvahs that he um, does add this as one of the 613 mitzvahs. Then we carry How do we know that even if if you are aware that your colleague, your friend knows, even is greater than you in even one area, that you should give him honor. As it says, every since he saw 
that he had an extra bit of wisdom. This is regarding Daniel. Therefore, he placed him, set him up, established him over all his over his whole kingdom, Isaac, as a, instead of splitting it amongst various uh, people, he gave it all to Daniel because he was deserving of the honor. So the third piece of advice, someone who, a woman who is just recovering from Dam Tahor, the husband shouldn't be with her. After a woman gives birth, remember, she's, if she gives birth to a female, she's Tomei for 14 days. To a male, she's Tomei for 7 days. After those days, she has Tohor. She's Tohor for the next number of days, for a girl up until the 80th day, for a boy up until the 40th day. And no matter if she sees Dam or not, she is still Tohor in, in that group set of days. From then onwards, so from the 81st day or from the 41st day in the case of a male, uh, if she gave birth to male, then any dam she sees would be dam nida. Her cycle goes back to normal. Now, that's what we're saying. From the even if she has not seen dam, the husband shouldn't be with her the night after she ends those. Well, the t- after she ends those tahor days, Rashi explains the concern is that maybe she will see dam, and then it will be as if he was with the nida. So he says, Ad kama. How long must he wait? So, Omar Rav, Ona. Rav says one Ona. don't know if you remember from a Seches Nida, but an Ona means um, the 12 hours of the day or the 12 hours of the night that we're talking about. So here, this would be the 12 hours of the night. So he should not be with his wife for the first 12 hours after her Yemei Tahara end. Now we just point out, Tanahu Yosef Ish Hutzel, who is he ben Gur Ariyeh, who is he ben Yehuda? Who is he ben Gamliel? Who is he ben Mahalalel? This, um, this Yosef Ishutzel that we mentioned all this advice from, who we quoted as giving this advice, is actually the same person. Umashmo, excuse me, what's his actual name? Isi ben Akavya Shmo. His actual name is Isi ben Akavya. Not sure why we have to know that uh, information unless it's just to fit different pieces of what he says together throughout Shas. Then it says, who Reb, once we mention that, who Rebbe Yitzchak Tavla, who Rebbe Yitzchak Ben Chelko, who Rebbe Yitzchak Ben Ilo. It's the same person, Rebbe Yitzchak Ben Tavla, Ben Chelko, and Ben Ilo is all the same person. Rebbe Yitzchak Ben, when we see the name in Shas, Rebbe Yitzchak Ben Achade Shmaisa and Rebbe Yitzchak Ben Pinchas Dagarata. It's Rebbe Yitzchak, if it's, in a halachic sugya, then it's Rabbi Yitzchak ben Acha. If it's an agadic sugya, then it would be Rabbi Yitzchak ben Pinchas. And the way to, the re- to remember it is Shimu, Shimu Achai Verei Or Shimieni Achai Verei And remember, or listen to me, but Shimon, I'm sorry, Shmua is similar to the word Shmaisa, Sugya, and Achai is similar to Acha. So Rabbi Yitzchak ben Achai is the one over, when you see a halachic Sugya and you see just Rabbi Yitzchak, that's Rabbi Yitzchak ben Achai. And obviously an Akkadic Sugya would be Rabbi Yitzchak ben Pinchas. Omar Rabbi Babachan, Omar Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Babachan said, Name of Rabbi Yochan, Mishmaid Rabbi Yudah Barilai, Rabbi Lai, the name of Rabbi Yudah Barilai, Ochel Botzel, the Shov Botzel. Eat onions and sit in the shade. Of a shave but sell. 
And do not eat um, geese and chicken where your heart will start to desire them. Um, one explanation is that don't get eat vegetables, eat things like onions, etc., where you don't get caught up in desiring them because you'll end up eating much, you'll end up, I think, eating much less and it will cost you a lot less. As opposed to if you have chicken often and fancier foods and you get used to them, you're going to have to satiate your desires and it's going to end up costing you a fortune. Then it says, Rather lessen what you eat and add and rather invest more in your dira in your home. This is again financial advice. Spend less on food and more on your home. Um, interesting enough, the, the Ben Yoyoda gives three pshatim. But one of them, he says, is spend less on your eating of this world and invest more in your spirituality, in your dira, in your permanent dwelling, in your dwelling place in the world to come. That's how, um, that's one of the explanations of the Ben Yoyoda. Kiasa Ula Omar, when Ula came, he said, Misla Maslinan Bamarova. They have a saying in Eretz Yisrael, Do'achil Elisa Toshi Balyaso. If you eat fatty food, I fancy fatty meat, you'll have to end up hiding in the attic. Do'achil Kukai, if you eat vegetables, Akakili the Masashoch, if you can even sit in, by the rubbish heap of the city, I in the main areas of the city. What's the, the simple interpretation of this is if you eat fancy food, you're going to end up having to run away from your, um, from your creditors. You're going to have to end up hard from your creditors. If you eat simple food like vegetables, etc., well then no one will be after. You'll be able to sit in the public areas. Okay, let's go on to the halachic sugyas. As I said, we're carrying on. In, we're now going into the Seder. So again, as I mentioned, remember we left off the last Mishnah about buying the wine and that everyone must have four cups of wine. So it says, Mosgulo Kois Rishon. They pour for him the first cup of wine. Interestingly enough, it says, Mosgulo, they pour for him. So the Bira Gro points out, this is the source that we pour wine for each other on the Seder. I don't know if you know, there's a Minak. Some, some people have just that to make sure that the person leading the Seder has his wine poured for him. Other people make sure everyone has their wine poured for them by someone else. So that's this, again, that's a sign of royalty, that you're not pouring your own wine, someone's pouring it for you, or a sign of freedom, nobility, but that's what, this is one of the sources, because Mosgulod, they pour for him. He doesn't, it could just say, Mosaglo, uh, he pours for himself. So he pours himself the first cup. And what does he do? Beishamai says, he first says the the part directly for Kiddush, I Baruch Hashem Lokeinu Melech Olam Asher Bochar Bonu, etc. And then he says Borei Priyagofen. Or Beisil Oimri Mavarech Alayayin Vaachakach Mavarech Alayom. First he says the bracha on wine, and then he says the bracha on, uh, and and only then does he say the bracha on the. Uh, uh, bracha alayom, the special Kiddush bracha. 
So again, Machlokas, Ben Shaman, Ben what's the order? Do you say Berei Priyakofin first, or do you say the actual Brocha relevant to the day, i.e. the Kiddush, sanctification of the day? So, Toner Abonan, Dvorim, Shem Ben Shaman, Ben Yisrael, Besuda, the things that are Beishama and Beishil argue about regarding a meal. Now we're only going to see one, but the list is elsewhere. But what's the one that's relevant to us? Beishama We're going to see two reasons for Beishama who say that you first say the brocha on the day, either special Kiddush brocha, and then you say Borei on the wine. It says what's the first reason is The day is what causes the wine. I if not for the fact that it was Shabbos or Yom Tov, you wouldn't be having the wine yet. You'd wait till into your Su'uda. So it's Kiddush that causes you to bring out the cup of wine and pour a cup of wine to drink before the meal. Therefore, you should say Kiddush first. And the second one, The day is it's also the natural order. Kiddush, it's already become Shabbos or Yom Tov. And the one has not yet come. I, what happens first in your order? First becomes Shabbos, and then you go and get one to say Kiddush. You don't pull out the one and start saying Kiddush before Shabbos. So that's uh, Beishamah is two reasons why you should say Kiddush and then Borei Priyagofen. say no. You first say Borei Priyagofen, and then you say the Brocha on the Day, either the actual Kiddush. Oh, Mipnei, what's the reason? So the first reason again is Mipnei Shehayayin Goyim Lekiddush Shetomer. Wine is what triggers Kiddush. Remember, if you don't have wine, you're not going to be saying Kiddush. Because you've already, um, the special mitzvah of saying Kiddush is to say it over a cup of wine. So wine is actually the, he's saying wine is the trigger. Says Dovar a second explanation we say the brocha on wine first because it's more sorry the brocha on wine is more common and the brocha of the day kiddish is not as common if you have a mitzvah that is more common and a mitzvah that is less common or more frequent and less frequent you do the more common one first and um, this we actually learn out from Zvochim, it's discussing the sacrifice, it says you offer the, you offer the Musa sacrifice besides the morning sacrifice, which you offer every day. Once it's already told us you offer the, the Musa one besides the morning sacrifice, I imply that you've already offered the morning sacrifice. Why does it have to say that, that you're offering that every day? We already know that. So... That's to teach us that you must always do the todir one, the more frequent one, first. And that's so to hear, but he'll come along and say, you must also do the todir one first. And yeah, I'll come back to an interesting question on this shortly. Let's just finish to the Mishnah. The halacha is like Beis Hillel. And that's how we do it. We first say, I mean, we have an introductory paragraph, at least on Kiddush on Friday night, we say, etc. That's an introductory paragraph. That's strictly speaking, that's not really part of Kiddush. What's the real part of Kiddush is where we start, and then we say, etc., which is the actual Kiddush. So we follow Basil. Now, my Dover Acher, why did it have to bring a second explanation? What's wrong with Basil's first explanation that 
they needed to bring a dove or acher. It says, It says, no, because you might have thought Beis Shammai have two reasons, so we should therefore follow Beis Shammai over Beis Hillel, who only have one reason. Therefore, it comes and adds the second reason of Torir V'Sha'ino Torir Torir Koidem. Okay, and then we mentioned You told me that Loch is like Beis Hillel. Isn't that obvious? The whole Nofik Baskol. We know the famous Gomorrah we had in Eruvin. That a Baskol came out and said that the Halacha is like Beis Hillel. So why, we, why do we need this Gomorrah to tell us, that the, this Brysa to tell us that the Halacha is like Beis Hillel? So you could say that this Brysa was put together before the Baskol. Either it was a Machloket Beis Shammai Beis Hillel, whether to say Brepria Gofen or Kiddush first. And they decided the Halacha is like Beis Hillel. And only a few years later did they actually come out, did the Baskol come and tell us that anyway. Or You could even say it's after the Baskol. It's Rabbi Yoshua who says we don't listen to a Baskol. This is the famous story in Baba Metziah. We remember Rabbi Lezer was arguing with the sages about a certain oven. He said it's Tahar in a certain scenario. And the sages, the Sanhedrin said it was Tomei. And he said if I'm correct, the tree will d- jump. The river will flow backwards. They didn't accept the walls of the base medrash will start to bend in. And they didn't accept any of those proofs. Finally, he said if I'm correct, a Shemaim will prove. It. And a bus call came out and said that Rabbi Lezer is correct. And Rabbi Yeshua stood up and he said, The Torah is not in heaven. At Har Sinai, the Torah was given to the Jews. And therefore, we follow, um, therefore, Shomayim, a bus call has no place in determining halacha. And that's what it's, so we're saying. Oh, so according to Rabbi Yeshua, who cares? Granted, a bus call came out and said the halacha is like Beis Shammai. We wouldn't necessarily listen to it. And because a mashkichim bevaskol, baskol's heaven doesn't have a right to determine um, our halachas. Tosos asks a very important question, but it seems that according to most opinions, besides for Rabbi Yoshua, we would listen to the baskol. So then, why do we listen to the baskol of Rabbi Yoshua of to tell us that the halacha is like Beis Hillel? But we don't listen to the Baskol that tells us that Taloch is like Rabbi Lezer. Again, Rabbi Yoshua, it seems Altosos is learning that it's Rabbi Yoshua who argued and said we don't listen to a Baskol. But theoretically, everyone else would hold we do listen to a Baskol. So why do we listen to the Baskol of Beis Hillel that tells us that Taloch is like Beis Hillel but not like Rabbi Lezer? So the, the answer he gives... Um, because there the discussion Beis Shammai Beis Hillel was... Beis Shammai said, we're sharper. We can learn better. Therefore, the halacha should follow us. And Beis Hillel said, well, we've, we're the majority. And therefore, even if we're not as sharp as you, the halacha should follow us. And therefore, the baskol came out in line with the rov, telling us the halacha is like Beis Hillel. And therefore, we follow it over Rebbe Lez's baskol, which came out just to tell us that it was like um, um, against the majority, which we would not follow. Okay. Obviously, there's a lot more to discuss on this topic. When can you listen to a baskal? When can you listen to heavenly intervention in a halacha? But the Rambam says very clearly that if a novi tells you a halacha, a novi, someone who talks to Hashem, if he tells you a halacha, he has no more strength in, 
issuing the halacha, in paskening the halacha, than any other Talmud Chacham. Right, so if you have a rabbi tell you, well, based on the Gemara, this should be halacha, and a novi tells you, based on the Gemara, this should be the halacha, they both, if they both Talmidei Chachamim, then uh, it's, uh, you have a good discussion of who you should follow. But the Novi doesn't have more power. Not only that, the Novi has no right to tell you a halacha based on nevoah. That's how the Rambam comes out. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. So the Mishnah again is following, it's nice to notice that this Mishnah is following where we left off. So where did we just leave off in the previous Mishnah? That you pour him the first cup of wine and he says Kiddush. So have you a fun of Metabu Bukhazeres? I'm going to read it according to the Rashbam. I'll explain a different way of reading it shortly. But if you will follow, they bring before him the first vegetable and he dips the chazeres. Chazeres is one of the types of, mat, of marrow. We generally translate it as lettuce. But metabol chazeres, he dips it in lettuce. And this is before they bring out the vegetable which is secondary to the bread. What's the vegetable that is secondary to the bread? To the matzah, the maror. The maror, remember, you say hamotzi and you, and obviously alachilas matzah, and then you bring out the maror. So again, so right at the beginning of the seder, you bring out the vegetables, which he dips. And as we've pointed out, that was the standard way that they used to eat by dipping. And then they would bring, and then only later would they bring out the maror after saying hamotzi. Have you the fun of? Matzah says At that point, they bring him the matzah, the maror, and the charoises. The shnei tavshilin and two cooked dishes. For mitzvah, and the charoises is not even a mitzvah. We're going to discuss what that means. Sadok says no. The charoises is a mitzvah. Of the Migdash who may be in the form of Gufa shall Pesach, and in the times of the base of Migdash, that's when they would bring out the actual Korban Pesach at the beginning of the meal. Even though, remember, when did they eat the Korban Pesach? At the end of the meal, they would bring it out right at the beginning of the meal. Um, so that's, as I explained this Mishnah, it's very interesting. According to the Rashbam, you kind of bring it out, each thing as he needs it. You say Kiddush, and then we know we're going to cut Urchats, where you then wash your hands, and then you have Karpas. That's what we're discussing here. The Rashbam says, so they bring out the Karpas, he dips it, and then he carries on. Um, and then later on, he, they'll bring out the bread and the, the, sorry, the bread, the matzah, the chazeres, and the charoises, and the two cooked foods. We'll discuss that at the end of today's stuff, etc. But that's, uh, that's what the Rashbam says. Tosfos come along, and I was thinking about it, it's quite interesting. If you look, we make quite a, a big deal of the Seder plate. And I mean, it's brought in halacha. It's not a. It's not that something that we make it up. Which opinion do you follow? Do you lay it out like the Ramod? Do you lay it out like the Arizal? Do you lay it out like the Kroh? What's your family custom? You put the you put the seder plate together, making sure you have all the right things on it. And right at the beginning, we bring out the seder plate. According to the Rashbam, I don't even know if there's such a thing as a seder plate. Tosfos see more open to a Seder plate. I mean, we can look into where we see the Seder plate. I, I don't get a chance to study where the source for the Seder plate is. But again, according to the Rashbam, it seems like there isn't a Seder plate. According to Tosfos, there could very well be a Seder plate. Because Tosfos Kiyos come along and they say, Kolomar Ochel Chazeres Betibul, so he says, yeah, they would eat Chazeres normally. And then he says, um, where was it? Um, 
Oh, he says, so he brings the Rashbam, he says, you're just bringing out the vegetable. He says, no, it must be Venire Kapeirushrach. They bring before him the table. Remember, they used to eat at little tables. So the table that they brought before him would have everything that he needs. I, I'm, I'm, I'm translating that as a Seder plate. They would only bring out the Shulchan um, after Kiddush. And on that table was the Chazeres, the Maror that he's using for Karpas. Um, Another interesting point, what this first dipping, so we said you dip the, we, we now, we've seen in this Mishnah, there's the dipping of the Chazeres the first time, and there's the dipping of the Chazeres, the Matzah, the, the Maror, the second time. The second time you do it in Haroises. What about the first time? So the Rashbam says, if you're having Maror, then you dip it in Haroises, but if you're having something else, you don't have to. Tosos here say, the Chazeres, Tzorich, um, he's discussing um, what you dip it in. So Tosa say, if it's maror, well then it's got a very sharp taste. And Mishum kappa, we'll see later on, whatever, we'll discuss what kappa is later on in the Gemara. But then you have to dip it in chazeres. However, if you're having some other type of vegetable, sorry, charoises, you dip the maror in charoises, if you're having maror as your carpas, but if you're having some other type of vegetable, you can dip it in something like vinegar or salt water. I know that's what we do. Um, like well, that's what Rab and he says here, as was Rabbeinu Tam's minag, and then he says very interestingly why. So he's saying you don't have to use charoises for your first dipping, only for your second dipping, which is the maror. Um, and the unless the first dipping is maror, then you must use charoises. And he says, and he brings an interesting point. He says, added to the fact that what's one of the things that charoises remind us of. Charoises reminds us of the mud, the bitterness and the mud that they used to, the, the, the plaster, the cement that they used to have to make and use. So that's more shire to the maror. That's how Tois was learned. And then it says, so then Tosos have another problem. Remember, Tosos says you bring out the table which has everything on it. Amongst it, the kaporis. But then in the second of the mitzvah, it comes along again. It says, hey, of matzah You bring before him the matzah chazeres and charoises. He says, but what are you saying? You've already brought it out. So Tosos point out, this is where the minah comes from, that you, tar, you take off the seder plate. You hide the seder plate in many places. And again, that's to pique the children's curiosity. Oh, you brought out the food so we can start eating. You brought out the table with all the food on. And now you've taken it away before we even... We've eaten vegetables, I mean, firstly before the meal, but we haven't even started our food and you're already clearing the table. So that's to get the children to ask. Okay, um, let's carry on into the Gemara on this. So he says, From the Mishnah we can tell. From what point in the Mishnah? By the fact that the Mishnah said there are two dippings. Now, let's just go back a step. So we learned in the Mishnah there's dipping of Maror first time, straight off the Kiddush, and then there's a dipping of Maror, after Hamotzi. Now, the, the first one is what we call Karpas, and the second one is what we call having Maror. Now, the Mishnah pointed out, and we're going to learn, we're going to see that this is a possibility. If you only have one type of vegetable, the first one can be any vegetable. That's Karpas. And I know you, some families have parsley, some families, have, I know we have potato, different families have different vegetables. Um, but Zoysomeres, so bad. We saw in the Mishnah that you can use maror, or lettuce, chazeres, for both dippings.
So, on my Reish Lakish, from the fact that you can use Marot twice, mitzvahs, trichos, it tells us mitzvahs, trichos, kavona, that mitzvahs have to be done with intent for the mitzvah. Since the first dipping is not at the time that you're obligated to have maror, you're just saying and you're not saying al mitzvahs maror. Remember, when we eat matzah, when we eat the maror, we say a special bracha on the maror, anachilas maror. What's that reminding me? We saw this earlier. When you say a bracha on, on the mitzvah, it's to get your mind focused that you're doing the mitzvah. The first time you eat maror for karpas, you're not saying borei priyadama. And that's why you have to say it. Hilkach boile mahader le'atvulei l'shay maror, and therefore you have to tip it a second time. De'iz al-kadatel mitzvahs lo'i boi kavona, because if you thought that mitzvahs do not require kavona, lamelei treitivulei, why do you have to dip it twice? V'ho tovilei chadazim, you already dipped it, you already had maror at the beginning of the suda. Let's just go back one step and rephrase this. There's a machloik as whether when you do a mitzvah, do you just have to do the action, or do you also have to do the action for the mitzvah? I mean, obviously we're not discussing an ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is when you do a mitzvah, you do it for the mitzvah with all the special kavonas that, are spe- that, that, that accompany that mitzvah. And primarily that you're doing it as a mitzvah of Hashem. But if you didn't do that, you put on tefillin without putting on tefillin for the mitzvah. Or you ate maror as karpas. You didn't eat maror because you got a mitzvah to eat maror. You ate maror because it's karpas. Do you fulfill your mitzvah? So that's what Reish Lokish is saying. From the fact that our Mishnah says you can have karpas, you can have maror as karpas, and then you have to eat maror again, must be when you ate maror as karpas, your intention wasn't for the mitzvah, and therefore you did not fulfill your obligation. Mitzvahs do need kavona. You have to do the act for the sake of the mitzvah. Someone says, me my. No, who says that's a good proof? It says, Maybe mitzvahs do not require kavona. And you ask, why do you have to dip twice? The famous answer, why do we dip twice? To make a heker, to make it stand out for the children. Firstly, one is, if we're having vegetables that we're dipping, makes most sense that we have it all at the same point. Secondly, why are you dipping long before you've brought out the food? Wouldn't you first say hamotzi and then start dipping your food? That's, I think, what, what would bother the children. And therefore, that's why we dip twice. We don't, we're not dipping twice because you didn't fulfill your mitzvah and you only got, because you didn't have intent for the mitzvah and you're only going to fulfill it when you do have intent. You could fulfill the mitzvah without any intent. But the reason we dip twice is to be yoitzadat. Oh, well, then why doesn't it say any other vegetable? I, if it's got nothing to do with maror, the first dipping, then why did it teach maror? Teach other vegetables. She says, no. Have a mina. I would have thought, maybe only where you have two different types of vegetables do you have to do these two separate eatings, or, uh, dippings. But chazeres itself would not require even if the only vegetable you have is maror, this lettuce, you still have to dip it twice. So that's the chidush of the Mishnah. So where are we holding? Reish Lakish wanted to suggest by the fact that you could end up in a scenario where you eat maror at the beginning of the surah and you have to do it again after you've said amotzi, sorry, at the beginning of the Haggadah, and you have to do it again after you have amotzi, must be you need to 
mitzvahs, trichos, kavona. And the first one, you didn't say a bracha for the mitzvah, so you didn't have kavona, and therefore you have to do it a second time. Akuma says the mission is no proof. Because maybe all the mission is really coming to teach us is that you have to dip twice. Even if you're having the same vegetable, you must dip your maro, your lettuce, at the beginning of the suda, like we said, according to Rabbeinu Tam, in salt water, unless it's maro, oh sorry, chazeris, maro would have to be in charoises, but if it's something else, it could be in salt water or vinegar, and your second time would just be a hacker for the tinux. Other mission is actually no proof. Oh, I left off on that point, I wanted to say, so Tosfot said that you can use, if you're not having maro, you can use any type of dip. You can use vinegar, salt water, etc. The Rambam comes along and says you must use charoses, but that's not our minak. We don't use charoses. Okay, now we're going to actually reject Reish Lokish's opinion based on how we've been learning. He says, If the vegetables you're eating for maro is demai, you fulfill your obligation. What's it teaching us? So firstly, what is demai? So we know that if you have grain or vegetables or something that maser has not been taken, Sorry, let's. Yeah, if you have grain or vegetables that it has not been taken, um, that sorry, that master, trumas and master have not been taken, it is what is called tevel. It is forbidden to eat tevel, and therefore, if you eat it as your maror, it's a mitzvah bobavera, and you don't fulfill your obligation. It's a mitzvah you're doing through doing it avera, through eating tevel, therefore you do not. Demai is more complicated. The rabbis came along and made a zera that if you buy produce from an amoret, you don't know whether he separated maser or not, and therefore you have to separate it again. However, we're more lenient with demai, and you could still fulfill your mitzvah, because it's possible that you fall into the category of someone who's allowed to eat demai. What is that? When would you fall into the category of someone who's allowed to eat demai? A poor person is allowed to eat demai. He doesn't have to take maser before he eats it. Again, he's not sure whether the Amoret separated trumas or maseres. A poor person doesn't have to separate trumas or maseres. He can eat the demai straight away. Now, you can mafkir, you can declare all your property ownerless, and therefore you're a poor person. So therefore you could eat demai, and therefore if you do eat if you eat it without intent, you fulfill your obligation. You eat maror without thinking, oh, this is for the mitzvah maror, you fulfill your obligation. This is a direct rejection of Reish Lokish, who told us that mitzvahs, trichos, kavona. Here we see if you have no intent, you still fulfill your obligation. If you eat it in pieces, you also fulfill your obligation. As long as you don't pause before one eating and the next eating, yoitzer more than kadeachilas pras. What is that? That is, if you're going to split up this maror, you must eat a kazais of maror. That's something we don't like to do necessarily, but you've got to be careful to make sure you have a kazais of maror. Um, now, of that maror, what happens if you take a few minutes to eat it? So as long as you eat it within the time frame that it would take to eat half a loaf of bread or half of their standard loaf, it would be considered one eating and you'd fulfill your obligation. How long is that? So the poskim range from two or three minutes till about nine minutes. So obviously if it's a mitzvah dorais especially, but any mitzvah you should try do it in as short a time as possible within two minutes. In two minutes, I try eat your maror within two minutes, your full kazais or maror. But if you don't manage that, again, the other opinions it stems to around nine minutes. 
So again, the midpoint, the, if you're going to compromise or go with the middle opinion, that would be about six minutes, five or six minutes. So that would be the most realistic opinion. But again, that's how it fits in. So again, this applies by anything. Anything you have to eat a kazais of, you have to eat that kazais within this two to nine minute time frame. Obviously with matzah, which is a mitzvah doraisa, you try to do it to the quicker side. Something that is drabonon or really hard for you to do or you're struggling, then you can go more lenient and stretch it out a bit. Um, that's Achille Bichta Pras. Now just one interesting thing. The Rosh over here says, <coughs> so the Rosh says, how do we know you need to eat a kazais of maror? Where does it say you need a kazais of maror? So the Rosh very interestingly says, he says, because what's the brocha you say on maror? The brocha you say on maror is alachilas maror. On eating maror. And any time, so we learn from there, that any time you have to say alachilas maror, um, every time you have to do it an achila, which is the brocha we say, eating maror, you have to have a kazayas. That's the standard amount. Now, a very obvious question is why all of a sudden do we need a special sauce that you need a kazais for maror? We take for granted that any time a mitzvah is to eat something, you have to do a kazais. And the Rosh comes along and he says, no, we need a sauce. And it's actually quite an interesting sauce that it's based on the brocha of the food. No posuk or anything like that. So the one answer, very interesting answer given by Rav Chaim Briska, he says, Rav Chaim Brisk, he says um, that... If you look at the Rambam, Maror is never listed at his own mitzvah. And we know that Maror is tied into eating it with the Korban Pesach. That's why nowadays that we don't have the Korban Pesach, it's actually only a mitzvah Drabonin to eat Maror. Doraisa Maror is connected to the Korban Pesach. And therefore he says, strictly speaking, to fulfill your obligation of Maror, you could eat it with half a kazais of Maror and half a kazais of Pesach, or a bit of Maror, a bit of Pesach, and a bit of Matzah all together to equal a kazais. You would fulfill the obligation of Maror. Again, Pesach and Matzah, we learn out from other sources that you'd need another kazais, but Maror, if it's eaten with your Pesach and your Matzah, strictly speaking, you should be able to fulfill your obligation, even if it's less than a kazais of Maror, because again, it's not a standalone mitzvah, it's a mitzvah that combines with the Korban, Pesach, and Matzah. So therefore, he says, Maror is, is, is not a standalone mitzvah. So how would I know that you need to eat a kazai of Maror? Comes along the Rosh and has a special source for it. Okay, there are various other ways of learning, but that's one interesting answer. Let's go back to Al-Sugya quickly. Where were we holding? That we brought Reish Lokish came along and said, Mitzvah Shrikos Kavon. And that's why even if you have Maror for your Karpas, you have to do it for the sake of the mitzvah that wasn't for the sake of the mitzvah. So you have to do it for the sake of the mitzvah later on again. Um, and now we just brought a price that says you don't have to eat the matzah, the maror with intent. I, even if you just eat the maror, mitzvahs ain't shrikos kavon and you fulfill your obligation. So that seems to reject Reish Lokish. So the Gemara says, no, Tanahi, it's actually a mach like this. And I'm the Tanya, Rabbi Yossi. I mean, we learned in a price that Rabbi Yossi says, I felt even though you dipped in chazer, you dipped your chazeres, mitzvah there's still a mitzvah to bring before him more maror charoises and two cooked foods. Still, that's not a good proof. Who says that the reason Rabbi Yossi says you have to dip maror a second time is because you need to do the mitzvah with kavona? 
Maybe you fulfilled the mitzvah with Al-Kavona the first time you dipped and ate the maror, Bakarpas, but the second time you dip and eat the karpas. Um, um, maybe it's just to get the children to ask. So the Gemara answers, no, Imkain my mitzvah. Why does he use the word mitzvah? If the whole purpose of the second dipping was just so that there are two dippings to pique the child's curiosity, well then... He doesn't have to say it's a mitzvah to dip maror a second time, but the fact that he uses the word mitzvah implies that you have not yet fulfilled your mitzvah maror, and that's what you're doing. Now the Gemara asks, "My Tavshidin, what are you referring to when you say the two two cooked foods?" So we know, and we're going to see in the sugya that we have two cooked foods on the seder. Okay, we generally have roasted, or sometimes roasted, sometimes cooked, um, but that's to remind us of the korban pesach and the chagiga. What? Cooked food, so Omar Rafuna Silkavazor. You can even fulfill it with beets and rice. It doesn't have to be meat or anything like that. It can just be beets and rice. Two cooked foods. Interesting, we see Rafuna had uh, rice on his side of plate. I mean, we know we're careful about kidney, so we don't have rice. But Rafuna himself had rice on his side of plate. He paskin that you can. It says Rafuna. Would specifically try get beets and rice for his seder plate because that's what Rafuna said. I a special idea. We see that sometimes your rebbe tells you something, even though that's not the that's not the bottom line. What he meant, Rafuna doesn't say you have to use beets and rice. He's just saying you could even get away with using beets and rice. Rava said, well, if that's what my rebbe said, I want to use the thing that he said. And also, I guess Rava's teaching anyone who ate seder by him the halacha. We see that Rav Huna does not concern for what Rav Yochanan Benuri held. The Tanya Rav Yochanan Benuri, Oymer Rav Yochanan Benuri says, Oyrez min dovanu. Rav Yochanan Benuri says, Rice is a type of grain. You can fulfill your obligation. You would be, if, if, you, if you let rice, you are making bread out of rice and it rose, it would become chomets that you have Koreson, and if you used it for matzah, you'd fulfill your obligation. I, Rabbi Yochanan Benuri holds rice is basically the same as the five grains. Says Omar, um, so that's what he's saying. We see by the fact that Rav Huna would use a cooked dish of rice on his seder plate for his one cooked dish, he obviously wasn't concerned for that. Um, yeah. Chizkiya Omar, Chizkiya says, Afilu Dagu you can even use fish and the egg, like fried fish, you know, you smear egg on the top, so they used to egg, even though it kind of comes across as one dish, you could still use um, fish and egg, fish with egg smeared on the top as one, as, as your two dishes. Rabbi Yosef, you need two types of meat, one for your Pesach and one for your Giga, for your Chagiga, and Ravino Omar Afilu Garmo Ubishula. Ravina says, no, even a bone with the broth that's cooked with it counts as two cooked foods. Just interestingly, so that's what we, what do we do? So our minag is generally to have an egg, zeichel chagiga, and a, and a, a shank bone or a, or a leg of a chicken as, uh, as the corresponding to the carbon Pesach. And we use, uh, many people have used a chicken leg because, or a shank, because that, Reminds us of that Hashem took us out with an outstretched arm. Um, the egg's a big question. Why do we specifically use an egg? But 
there's another discussion that you have to keep in mind. If you're using meat, are you allowed to roast it? Because that's too similar to the Kolom Pesach and you don't want to give people the wrong idea. Um, fascinating Tosfos here, but I don't think we're going to, I don't, we don't have time to go into it now. I'll try and remember to go into it tomorrow. So just in short, what we've learned about today is first, firstly, we learned like Basilo, you stay kiddish. So once you've got your first cup of wine, the first mitzvah you do with that is kiddish. You say hagofen and then kiddish over it. Then you do karpas. We didn't mention urchats, but then you do karpas. Um, we can discuss, yeah, urchats, you don't have time to go into now. Um, karpas, you then do the first dipping and then later you're going to have Matzah, Mara, and Charoises together. The first dip in the Karpas can be any vegetable, but we also learned it can also be Maror. But either way, even if you're using Maror for Karpas, you use Maror again because you always have two dippings to um, keep peak the to do something that stands out for the children. And then we also learned um, obviously you have two cooked dishes, um, those corresponding to the Koban Pesach. And the Chagiga. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.